he's trying to <laughs> G'day guys and welcome to the Art of War podcast. I'm your host Nick and I'm here with Daniel Real. Hey guys. Today we have a very special guest, our first guest, Liam Spronken. How's it going? Well, it's really good to have you here. Yeah, it's, 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 right. it's good to be here actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's only been a couple of days since we last seen you. It's been a couple of hours since we last spoke to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we had a good draft on Saturday. Yeah, trying out yeah. new Monarch. So yeah, first Im- times. first impressions of Monarch, Liam. Uh, well, I've been trying to force Levy a bit too much, and <laughs> draft and unsealed, or just yeah, both. Yeah, well, it seems very hard to make functional. Yeah, you need and a lot of limited. Like mm, the magician seemed very important for the deck. I found Runeblade was really easy to force and draft, but you just lost. Mm, I think you just dig yourself out way too quick. Yeah, you need that finishing potential, I think, which is pretty much yeah, the arcane so barrier. The issue with chain is that it feels really easy to build, and you can be building it and feel like you're doing everything right, and then when it comes to it, if you block away things too early or you just don't have enough damage in your deck, it can be really hard to get there. Yeah. And that's what I found when I drafted it. I played at it pre-release. <coughs> so how have your pulls one? been? How many boxes, how many cases have you opened of Unlimited, I've and what are your pulls? Three cases of Unlimited. The first one was terrible. How terrible are we talking? No legendaries. Yeah. Yeah. Case. No, well, those feelings are like. And the second one, I bullied Daniel into selling me one of his because I felt bad that oh. I hadn't opened anything. Yeah, and I, did, I, I did feel really bad. <laughs> and I opened uh, Eclipse on that one, so yeah. at least I got this one. Is better. And then I opened one today and got two Phantasmal footsteps, so that's made up for it. Nice. You'll be, you'll be getting all your legendary sorted. This is so far. Yeah, I've traded for the legendaries at least. I've opened three cases, and I think I opened two legendaries, my first one, no legendaries, my second one. Which video hasn't gone up yet, but it will be going up at some point in nice. the near future. Mm-hmm. And Is then in my third up? one, which was just before, I opened one. Mm. However, Dan here on the other side of the table. Yeah, this is the man to talk to. Come on, tell us. All right. Um, Give us a lot of calls were a little bit good. So I started off, I opened three cases. And in my first case, I got two legendaries and the library. Um, and then the rest I had one legendary case and two legendary case. So they were really good. And then I traded the Fable to another mate of mine for another two cases, uh, one of which I ended up selling to Liam, as we heard earlier. And yeah. then the other one, there was another Fable. So Was it um, just a Fable or was there a Legendary in that case? There was a Legendary too. So it was, it was just, yeah. It's been nuts because, like, I would have, um, from the cases I opened, I would have thought that I'd need to buy more cards, but I have pretty much everything I need in the whole set. I got six legendaries total, and they're all different. So I got you have a bit, bit too much luck with too, these too much luck, yeah. I might need As to someone that in. helped you open your first couple of packs of Crucible, I, I know. As someone yeah. that was there for your first couple of cases of Monarch yeah, opening. So, yeah, yeah, with the Crucible, um, when Crucible War came out, I bought two boxes, and Nick opened me a fable out of that too. So I've been really lucky. first five packs for you. Yeah, like I'm good at opening them, but I can never time the market. I'm going to sell them at the worst time. <laughs> So, um, Liam, um, we've talked a bit about how we got into Flesh and Blood on some of our previous episodes. Yep. How, um, how did you get into Flesh and Blood? I got into Flesh and Blood um, actually through a learn-to-play day that Nick ran at the store Dice Show Games. Um, it was just after lockdown had ended here, mm-hmm. and I was looking for something to play because there wasn't much magic that I was interested in. I didn't really like draft, so, so I've been mainly playing modern. You've played magic for a long time, right? I've played magic for about six or seven years now yeah mm-hmm. so you have a good experience in tcgs already before yeah. then yeah have you tried know. many other tcgs other than magic uh just card fight vanguard which is an older one that first tcg it's, ever played it's doing well i hear um. uh yeah that's why you've heard of it obviously yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but no, no yeah. I, and then i 
yeah, so I played at the Learn to Play event here, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's really fun. Got some decks to play with some of my friends, and that was all right. Yeah, I got a good yeah. impression from you and Josh when I taught you guys on that day. Yeah, and then um, I didn't really pick up the game seriously until uh, the Road to Nationals in Nelson, which Daniel came second in, actually. I traveled up to play Magic and so played... Was, was it Modern? Modern and Team uh, Unified, which was pretty fun. Yeah. So they, um, at the Nelson tournament, they had um, Magic on the the day before? Yeah. So the day of. They, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a team event the day yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. So we, so we came up um, and we met Liam up there and he was playing Magic and then the next day he came to watch us play Flesh and Blood. Yeah. So what was that ta- yeah. ta- tournament like for you? That's pretty cool. It was definitely very cool watching a couple of Indian players top eight. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you did have to, have to knock out Nick to do it. Yeah, that was that but was quite unfortunate. Rough. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So yeah, I oh three'd the Friday night um armory event in Nelson with Pummel Ninja. And that mm. was uh Oh that's rough. Feels bad. It's a yeah. meme deck. Oh actually no, I might have won three'd. I remember beating Money Guardwell in ra- the last round and it was a <laughs> Ranger. <'Cause> it was <laughs> like the consolation prize, but yeah. Yeah. Now so then um I brought some crucible. And we started playing, I started playing armor events a bit more seriously down here, mm-hmm. finding a deck that I actually liked. And then Daniel showed up to an armor event one day with Brute, he's like, this deck's really cool, like, it's not actually just a mid-range deck that does things, it's a combo deck where you pitch yeah. Blood Rush Bellows and kill people. So I played that, and you know, taking the Nationals, mm-hmm. which so was my first big tournament, really. So we ended up playing the same deck, so Liam mm-hmm. and I were playing... I think um, they're like one or two cards different, Yeah, yeah. Liam and I thing. were playing the... Um, ended up playing brute together and we were playtesting a lot and we ended up coming out with like a club brute deck so we kind of play like a mid-range control deck against some of the more aggressive decks in the format and then it would go full combo against some of the solid decks yeah um so we thought this deck would be like really good against dash and uh we thought it would be good against bravo which turned out it wasn't yeah turns um, out when you're clubbing for four and they're clubbing for six it's, yeah. it's a losing battle yeah so at the time we thought it had a good matchups against some of the more dominant decks in the meta so um, and then we yeah and then we ticked it for the ninja and the, the warrior, warrior matchup which were the ones we were really concerned about going for that yeah. seeing the from the, like because i did the testing <coughs> with you guys and i was usually on the warrior side so that you guys could get that testing yeah, yeah. And i found like m- most of those warriors were really tough fought from you guys or it was a hard matchup yeah yeah well, so that's why we ended up on three red unmovables main deck yeah, yeah. but that's why you guys were confident on your dash matchup was because against like heavy dash control which was what i was playing you yeah. just you just destroyed it the second it lost it in the duction chamber yeah yeah pretty much Alex smash is just such a massive card for that deck in the matchup you just yeah. can yeah. really take the game control mm. from there if you made ninja block then it was a really tough matchup but if a uh, ninja didn't block it yeah. was concerning yeah so i think i ended up getting blown out by the one ninja i played at nets um yeah. was nick anderson Oh, and yeah. I remember one turn he he blew me out with two ancestral re- um, empowerment in the same turn, yeah. and like I could beat the first one, but the second one just was game losing, yeah. and that was that felt pretty rough. But yeah. that's how the matchup goes; they can just do that to you. Yeah. yeah. So you made top eight. I did. Yeah. You did. So I yeah I w- went six and one the first day, losing only to Matt Rogers in round one, uh, round two. Yeah. Rough. And then, yeah, came so into... He was on mech, which was one of the matchups we thought 
that the deck was yes, best but he, against. We weren't so, so he was playing yeah, mid range. So he was playing mid range. So we sideboarded into a much more aggressive deck than we expected. Yeah. Um, and then he ended up putting six items into the player about f- turn five or six, and then treated me for twenty repeatedly, and that was that's pretty rough. Just didn't yeah. found an item in the top half of my deck, so that yeah. that was how that's how that game went. But mm-hmm. every other mech I played was well, I played versus some other big names. Um, Kiki Labed, um, mm-hmm. who was the Dash that control was play? day two, and I played. They were on dash control, and they put me to one really early in the game. And I was on. They were on like twenty, twenty-five life. So I spent the whole game blocking three or four cards and just getting clubs on where I could. Ended up winning on uh, off a double reckless swing on one turn nice. with a game I had no business winning. So that was yeah. by far my closest game of the day. Yeah. And then I played Rohan Kana for second last round of Swiss. And Rohan's a great dude. Um, I've played him second last round of every big tournament I've played in there, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, and that was just unfair. I drew Arg Smash turn two, destroyed two induction chambers, and he was drawing to Remembrance, and it was at the bottom of his deck, so yeah, it's it was just easy. Yeah. 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 It's really hard if you don't actually have the Remembrances for control. Yeah, yeah. So and then I owe Kieran a beer, I think, for conceding to me in the last round, so we could get mm-hmm. some lunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. Um, we haven't actually talked about nationals much on this podcast at all. So, what was kind of your experience going up to nationals out, outside of play? Just uh, outside getting of play. up to Auckland. Yeah, so I went up and stayed with my Sorry, cousin well. and his uh, fiance. Yeah. And that was really good to catch up with them. And then I think uh, we went into town for some drinks that night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, all three of us on the Friday night. Good yeah. Old, good uh, old Friday the day, night. The day before a tournament, which is always a good idea. So, yeah, a couple of this is this is, our, this is our secret national strategy <laughs> yeah. was to get absolutely pissed the night before the tournament. I originally so. the plan was a couple of beers, go back and have some food, and then just do some testing. And I just yeah. a couple of beers just turned into Cu- a couple of rounds, followed by a yeah. couple more rounds, followed by a couple more rounds, and a lot of bar hopping. Mm. Yeah, yeah, a, cu- a couple of beers turned from you know a bar crawl from four thirty to one in the morning. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think yeah. I taxied back at about twelve thirty, and then I heard Nick appeared out of a bar somewhere. Yeah, and Daniel had to look after him for the next two hours or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't yeah. remember much of that, but <laughs> after that point, I just remember spewing a lot outside, yeah. heads down, um, and then getting in a car, opening the door, spewing out it while they went into the gas station. Yeah, so I don't I know believe. why they say binge drinking culture is a problem in New Zealand. But it's, it's obviously <laughs> not. <laughs> you and then, about Friday night. <laughs> so then, yeah, that was, that was a Friday night. And then Saturday, I had to get up at 7 o'clock to bus into town, and I really regretted the previous day. Mm. And then I got there, and I saw Nick, and I suddenly felt a lot better about myself because... <laughs> That was that was the most pale I've ever seen the man. And so so we we so, also had to get up at like seven a.m. Yeah. But that's because we had to get uh, like five guys in for a shower, get them hydrated, and get us ready to go and get our deck list ready. And I, yeah. I must tell you, I like yeah, actually, I man. wasn't ready until the last ten minutes before we left. I was yeah. dead on the floor. I was yeah. in the bathroom. He, luckily, he had multiple bathrooms. I was dead on the floor of one of the bathrooms, trying yeah. to chug back Powerade, trying yeah. to breathe. I and never, then just watching it come back out. I never believed in ghouls or dead men walking, but <laughs> saw saw Nick that day, mm-hmm. and um, you know he's white what? as a sheet and just uh, so yeah. it was actually a miracle that you won games. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I, I won my first two games, and I swear to God, had 
had a, a funny smell come past me at all at any point in that, I would have been spewing across tens and thousands of dollars of cards <laughs> and would have been uh, probably... Not ideal. Not ideal. Yeah. And then I believe I lost the third round uh, against an, uh, an aggro slash mid-range Runeblade player mm-hmm. while was I had all my items out. Nelson player, was it? Or yes, I think so. Nelson um, Wellington. I can't remember his name. Jed, I think. Yeah, Jed. He comes up with some pretty cool deck lists. He's there. a good guy, yeah. yeah. I was pretty pretty toasted, and I I shouldn't have lost that match. Right. But... Just, just mistakes then, were made. Yep. Yeah. And then yeah. next match, I go into mistakes a warrior one. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so yeah. yeah. As as for my tournament experience, I was playing this deck that I kitted out for, for dash, and I was like pretty hyped to play some games. Um. So we get in the first round pairings are called, and I actually get a buy. Against I, a Dunedin player that, that didn't, didn't come up. Didn't come up. <laughs> um. So yeah. come on, guys, actually shop next time. But um. <laughs> Oh, but like yeah, I I um I hate buys. So if I get the buy round one, I just um to me it's like you're playing against. Sure, you get a free win, but you're playing against other people that have had an entire game to warm up. They've already won a game. They're feeling good, and you're just coming in cold. Yeah. Um, and I did actually win that second game, but it just is. I always feel it's a hard way to start off a tournament, like kind of later than everyone else, and then uh. I think that was a warrior player that I played in the second round. But I think I remember watching that game, actually. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I start getting paired up against Guardians. So he, um, third match, I think, was against Kale. And at the time, we thought the Brute-Guardian matchup was pretty good. But it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, you club for four, they club for six. Yeah, kind of end of story. I ended up getting paired against two Guardians in a row. And then I lost to... Was it John? A uh, warrior player afterwards. Oh, who top eight? Yeah, uh, John yeah. Lurie. Yeah. He, yeah, he beat me round one of top eight. Yeah, he's a really good. It was warrior a very player. different warrior build to the one we'd been yeah. testing versus as well. Yeah. yeah. So it was very go wide. I was quite in control of the game. I was like decking them out, and then he got me with the double singing steel blade. Um, yeah, I remember seeing this. Double singing steel I was blade. Singing kill? steel blade into singing steel blade into route. I think. Yeah, to kill me, which was uh, if it feels bad, but yeah, very well played to him. And, yeah, that was kind of the end of my Nationals run with three losses. Mm. Um, so I just feel a little bit bad playing so. a deck to beat Dash and not playing a single one when the yeah. deck was, like, 40% or something. 30 40%? Yeah, it was quite high. Yeah. So, yeah, bad beats aside, it was, mm. like, a really cool trip. It was a good, really good weekend. Good, yeah. good catch-up, people. Um, bad choice made on Friday, but yeah. apart from that, <laughs> it was a good experience. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm can't complain to and yeah it really got me hooked on the game to be honest like, yeah. mm. just been playing in it yeah yeah really nice after party too yeah like um ordered by oh, over to fork and bro and we had no yeah. after party was at choice was it yes yeah. oh with the That's crazy right. Brayden yes yeah Brayden Bray- organized the after party yes he brewed up a special brew called crazy brew and mm. that was there it's very nice and he's yeah. now at Fork and Brewer. And that's right. That's what I was thinking of Fork and Brewer. We started Friday night off at Fork and Brewer. Mm. That's where we were. But he's there now, and he's uh, he's just recently made another batch of Crazy Brew. And I actually have, cool. have a guest coming down at the start of June. Uh, June. He's bringing Crazy Brews down for me. Ooh, that's nice. exciting. So I'm pretty excited. Just Hopefully in time travel for your housewarming, well. mate. Yep, just in time for my housewarming. It's getting exciting. Yeah. Started packing up Sweet. all my cards. It's ugh. Feels mm. bad. My deck skills, building skills, is downhill because they're all <laughs> packed away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of deck building. 
Speaking, yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of dick building, how's uh, how's monarch dick building going for you guys? What are you guys on? Well, yeah. So we, I was pretty low on Levia, personally. Um, I yeah, don't think it really had the tools to. Yeah, Liam to, and I to play a consistent game plan. Liam and I pulled out all the cards. Um, so we pulled out all the commons, all the rares, all the majestics for Levia, and we put them on the table, and we're like, "What the hell? These cards are all bad." Yeah. And and then we're trying to do like two halves of different decks. Yeah. Like one half wants to use the really strong weapon she gets, and try and make it consistent with either Matex or Hexagore. Yeah. But then with Hexagore, you're going to be killing yourself with blood debt because you can't. You're not banishing at the same time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I ended up Daniel threw together a pile of cards, brought it in, and I played it a couple games versus Chain Deck, which seems fairly strong. Yeah. And then I just beat him three games in a row, and it was didn't feel close. Yeah. And yeah, so this yeah. um this Chain Deck I was playing had outraced uh, Aggro and Ninja Player, like pretty consistently. And then I sat down against this Livia deck, which was literally just a pile of cards I put together of hey this would be cool. Like we're playing um primeval bellows and stuff in there like yeah. just some really random stuff uh, and he was out racing me um with uh hexagore and stuff yeah. and i was thinking gosh this deck actually has some legs because mm. it, it, we didn't respect how just raw damage yeah because we were thinking about like on hits or, or stuff like that which is something brutes always lacked yeah. so their pressure really is damage yeah yeah because yeah. we're thinking like without intimidate it's gonna be super hard to, to force things and just mm. turns out just attacking for 20 is pretty good yeah <coughs> when you play, yeah, what is it, the Dread Screamer into yeah. uh, just Hexagore, that's just 12 damage, and you can do it off two cards in a tunic counter. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty strong, yeah. 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 So you, when you're playing, you're actually attacking with Hexagore, even though it was like... I was attacking with it really early. It felt really nice to just attack for six, take four, and then make them lose cards or take six damage, and that's speeding up the game, which is good for you. Yeah. Cause especially this chain where you don't want them to stack up those... Yeah. Soul shackles and get massive hands that you can't block out effectively. Yeah, because yeah, because the way the way chain feels is that yeah it's an aggravate uh, yeah and it's, it's an aggressive deck, but it doesn't really get going until turn four turn five. Mm. So you have kind of four turns to try and really punish them for doing these kind of weaker turns. Yeah, where they're kind of like slow, which is very different from ninja, which is out like out the gate turn two turn three with their fresh tunic counter. Um, like really aggressive put lots of pressure on you chain kind of is a bit slow until he can get those two blues in hand with four or five cards in the banish mm. zone so if you just speed the game up by attacking with hexagore for six even taking four it's then still worth it the impactful turns chain gets <coughs> there's a lot less also mm. something that came up which was pretty relevant is um am i allowed to say the card of the week yet um i kind of want to yeah, talk about right. how it was relevant in this matchup all right yeah yeah we'll bring up card of the week a little bit early yeah um, yeah, so our card of the week was uh, Carrion Husk. So this is a card of the week chosen by our guest Liam. So he wanted to talk about this card today. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's an equipment that blocks for six, which is obviously great. Mm-hmm. But then it banishes itself, or it banishes itself if you are under 13 at the start of your turn, I believe. Um, no, if it's if you're at 13 or under. Oh, that's so right. Even it if came you just you, hit, yeah. yeah, so I actually misread the card, thought it was under, and then reread it as I went to 13 and went, oh, I'll bench this, which is so, a bit sad. So yeah, <laughs> back to what I was saying, in the matchup of Chain vs. Levia, um, making Daniel block with the Carrion Husk as early as possible was fantastic, because he just takes the damage each turn off it. Yeah. He it, can't do anything about it. It does like, it. get to the point where it's done 3-4 damage to you, and at that point it's not a very efficient block, because <laughs> you would have only yeah. blocked 2 damage. Unlike Levia using it where you can negate that blood debt and yeah. not 
heavy the, downside. Livia yeah. makes it really efficient just because you don't take damage from it. You can just mm. use it really early and not, not worry so much about it. Yeah. Yeah. That that card is crazy because it forces a lot of decks to um, really kind of restructure their game plan around it. So when I was playing my chain deck, which also plays Carrion Husk um, against the Aggro Ninja, um, my opponent would look at his hand, Callum Rogers, sees his uh, Surging Strike, and he's like, this doesn't even do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. eats an equipment. That's surging it. Strike, and it's an equipment <coughs> block, and that's... Yeah. Can't be that. Pretty yeah. gross. So he's, it just, like, eats a full aggro. Because usually the Surging Strike turns in Aggro Ninja are very, very scary. Yeah. But it just stops it. It's really powerful. I think the card will be better in Kane for Blitz. I think by the time, like, you get to turn four or five where you've got the shackles is about the turn where you, like, throw it out and get rid of it then, and yeah. that just gives you the full turn to keep going and yeah. while you reveal five cards off the top of your deck and then go ham the next turn. I, uh, mm. I also think Karen Husk is the only reason you would almost play Livia and Blitz. Yeah. Big, big storm. You, losing the OTK potential Rhino has mm. is pretty big for your trade-off in your brood decks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Karen oh. Husk is obviously a big upside. Like having six equipment block where Rhino doesn't is massive. Yeah. Especially with Rhino wanting to play like Barkbone Strapping and Heart and Cross Strapping Blitz. Yeah. Like these one and zero block equipments. <coughs> Getting effectively 26 life to start with is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, so as we talked about on the podcast previously, big Stompy decks are traditionally not very good in Blitz. Yeah. Um, mm. And so they have this. Now that the big Stompy deck has a six block equipment and is. Uh, lots of ways to get Velagin with Dread Screamer and stuff. It might be viable just with the sheer damage output. But yeah. Mm. It's going to be interesting. To yeah, I haven't thought much about Blitz, to be honest. Mm. Uh, we do have a skirmish event down here announced that will be Blitz here. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, I haven't even considered what I'll be playing. Might mm-hmm. go back to Kano, which I played at Calling Auckland 2021. Should we talk about that? Um, just the calling in general? Yeah, we could yeah, talk yeah. about yeah. So we went on to the calling uh, into the gen- January? End of January, right? It was yeah, like it was. the last weekend of January. It was about yeah, 27th of January or something. In, in Auckland? All up so together in the same house? Yeah, we did. Pretty yeah. nice. Yeah, other friends, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so there was five, six of us? Six yeah. of us in there. I, it ended up being me, Dan, and Liam went up on the first night, so we went up on Thursday, and the other guys came up on Friday. Mm. Yeah, and we what did we do? What did we do we, on that uh, uh, Thursday night? Team uh, team steel pulls. We practiced right. team steel pulls, and we got the terrible ones out of the way. It was, was just terrible. Wow, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we booked, picked up a, a box of crucible. Yeah. Um, in preparation for team sealed, which if you don't know is a um, format that was specially introduced for the cooling. So it's where you assemble a team of three people, and our team is the the people we have before us: myself, Nick, and Liam yep. were on the team. And you have uh, 18 packs. So you have six packs of Welcome to Rave, six packs of Arcane Rising, and six packs of Crucible of War. And you open all those packs, and then from those packs, you have to build... No, it wasn't 18. Was, was it three it was of each? It nine packs. It was three of each. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, nine, nine packs. About it, I was like, yeah, so sorry. Three, three of Rave, three of Arcane Rising, and three of Crucible to build three decks between you. And it creates this really interesting sealed format um, where there's this real interesting pull where you look at your cards and you're like, man, I have 20 cards, and Nick's sitting here hiding 40 under his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to it's wonder why there's Ninja no Ninja takes everything. So the, the we've way, got the, the goblin. Way, <laughs> the way we thought the format worked is you needed to force 
you you basically better off just forcing ninja and wizard wizard was always going to be good uh in that sort of ratio because splitting the, Nauron from three arcane Nauron, rising packs is yeah, really, it's really tough so uh, wizard just does good if they can do 20 damage really at that point uh ninja is just consistent very, very and there is zero cost three much. blues across yeah. all all three lots as well as if you pull any ninja card uh as if you pull any ninja card from crucible it just made the ninja so much stronger yeah so the ninja usually sat with like it's solid 30 40 cards and then the other two decks mm. whatever they were would take one or two from them to yeah. bring down and their to number honest, a bit that, more. that friday night battle hardened was one of the most fun i've played yeah, uh yeah my, one of the most fun events i've ever played yeah um yeah so i look forward to do it again when crucible unlimited comes out yeah it's actually like super excited really for it. Yeah, on, honestly, format. I'm gonna be like really pushing for it because I had an absolute blast. Yeah, yeah. just it's great um, fun. What'd you end up on Dan? And that so I was playing um, Bravo because Bravo pile is very easy to get put together yeah. and it's and really you consistent. And you see all the pummels from the set. Yeah, so basically, yeah. you want to open some Sogasms or some pummels. You just put them in a deck. I was yeah, playing. That's a probably Runeblade or Bravo. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we ended up um, building. Was you either went to Runeblade or you went to Bravo based on which class cards were better. Yeah. Um, and that kind of offset because Ninja takes the go low cards, um, Bravo takes the go tall cards, and then sometimes if you don't get the wizard, you go yeah. for like a mid deck or you go for warrior like or warrior or rune blade or maybe ranger because you can play a lot of cards yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah, so um, yeah, the format is really interesting. Yeah, and I ended up on Kano in the battle hardened event mm. and opened Stir Forked, which was insane. Yeah, like yeah. you can't ask for better than that. So how, how your your games went quite well, didn't they? Yeah, I four one, and the one I lost was a, a zero Nolan Wizard Mirror, where he put me to eight turn one. Oh no, it was like five turn one. Yeah. And then I got him to one, and then both of us bricked for about three turns off the top of our decks, yeah. so we couldn't kill each other. And then he just drew the first piece of action, but it was super tight. Yeah. Um. And that was best a very good team, wasn't it? it was um. Was it was our last team? round? Yeah. So we, I l believe we lost in our last round to, it was it Carol um, and... Henry. Yeah. Because I versed Carol, right? Yeah, so Liam's, Liam was the first one to finish. Uh, I was playing a Bravo Mirror, I believe. Something slow, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, and I happened to, I had one that matchup, so we were 1-1, one, one, and whoever wins the last game takes the event, because it's two out of three right because your team plays against the other team mm. and there's a, a very interesting dynamic um in this format where you can talk to your teammates yeah so you can help them play which is so we had nick um on ninja versus warrior uh, this was no, the previous round you're thinking this is the previous round you're thinking no you're thinking the sushi night round uh the round after we first carol carol was on ranger right uh, yeah oh, i'm pretty sure it was on that ranger. was a really close game right uh, i had he a long beat me yeah. just but yeah it was pretty close mm. yeah but, uh, I mean, having the selection, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I had a couple of bad hands. Yeah, I think based, it was a based bad the one Daniel was talking about was um. Yes, yeah, so that was an interesting game because I think it really showcased off uh, an aspect of the format that you don't see anywhere else. Yeah, so, so it was um, yeah. Nick was playing Ninja vs Warrior, and he had finished. Uh, me and Daniel had both finished. Yeah. So we're sitting there watching the game, and Daniel, who's a very good warrior player. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm quite familiar with warrior and i played a lot of warrior and unlimited and sealed and the uh nick has a, a hand and he's on the defense against an opponent that plays hidden run swings of dawnblade and 
Nick is looking at his cards, deciding whether to overblock or to match it. Um, and uh, would you like to kind of go through your thought um, process there? So my opinion was like, if I overblock, then he, he can't come back, and then I get to play one card and swing back after. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- that's what I was considering. Yeah, yeah. And then at that point, uh, so, so your plan was to overblock. Yeah, yeah. So my so plan was to overblock. Uh, you asked me about this, and I said, yeah, yeah, I want to overblock. And I think you said, I think you said like something like, it's it's not a good idea. You might as well match it. But you didn't like force the idea. Yeah. So you didn't so help me. the yeah. this this was um honestly mostly my mistake. So I knew that the correct play was to match it because it's much less likely that you get punished for it because your opponent has to either use an attack reaction to get over the top, at which point they swing anyway with the Dawnblade, or it's going to be another attack, which is the more likely option. Um, which also which is, is super punishing if you yeah. overblock it. Yeah, run. and if you overblock a Dawnblade for three and then you get attacked back for four or five, that can be game because that's, that's currently yeah. a four-card block, right, um, when you're low on life. Um, so knowing this, I was saying to Nick to match it, but what I didn't do was that I didn't explain my reasoning. So I didn't, um, we had time, I just didn't explain that the reason that you match it here is that any overblock is more likely to be punishing and the punish is more harsh. Mm. So um, Nick didn't quite understand why and overblocked anyway. And the second attack was a weird uh, cadaverous contraband. You yeah. attack for five and one in the game, right? Six, I so think. Six, yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting kind of dilemma where you've got to talk with your teammates and try and meet out um, kind of um, try and work out the best play between you. And mm. it stresses a kind of skill that is not used anywhere else of trying to explain how um, different game states work. And it's something that we didn't really click onto, I think, until after we had played mm. that game. Yeah. So that was definitely a really big learning curve kind of moment for Fish and Blood in general. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so that was the Battle Heart event on Friday. Uh, the next day we had the... Um, and welcome back guys sorry we just had a few technical difficulties uh unfortunately for the rest of the podcast liam's face will not be here just but uh here. he'll be he'll be here audio audioly yeah, yeah i assure but, you that liam's yeah. face is okay um, it's still okay yeah. it's still okay currently yeah. okay but for the yeah, time yeah. being you'll just have his voice for the rest of the podcast mm. so anyway we left off with just finishing off the battle harden event and let's talk about yeah, and i highly recommend you play team sealed if you ever get the opportunity yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely play it play it play it when uh, um when crucible unlimited comes out please beg yeah. your stores yeah make your local do. make your local game store yeah run a team that's so right on uh on saturday uh they had the arcane sealed event which all three of us opted to not playing because we all three know how that format goes. If you don't pull an induction chamber, go home. So as evidenced by seven out of eight of the top eight players in yes. that event and the running only, induction chamber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when we were going up to the event, we were like thinking, are we being gaslighted? Because we hear all these Aucklanders saying, oh, unlimited um, Arcane Rising Sealed is the best. It's the greatest. And we're here thinking, you have to pull an induction chamber or go home. Yeah. And yeah, it turned out we were right. But shout out to <laughs> shout out to Kiki Labad again for pulling induction chamber and skull cap in the sealed fall. Yeah. That's one of the more Shout out to uh Kenny Forrester, aka also yeah. known as uh Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> for, yeah from down here. For also pulling 
an induction chamber. Yeah, top eight. Yeah, eight. he only lost to Kiki. Yeah. Yeah. The man's a limited monster. Yeah. 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 He does really well in limited events. Eh? Yeah. Just really consistently. Yeah. So, yep. Massive props to him. Yeah. And uh, while they were doing that, what, what were us three doing? Uh, what do we do on the... What do we do first? Did we go so to we, the, we did a ticky tour around Auckland, didn't we? Yeah, down the CBD. Down yeah. the CBD, chilled out, hang out, walked around. I think we... We did the we, we sensory a, maze. We, had a, we did the sensory maze, yeah. We had a sensory burger. Do you remember that? Oh, my God. So we'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll explain the rest we'll, of it, and then we'll get there. So we did we'll an escape there. room after that, I think. Yeah, we did the escape room after that. It was pretty fun. Uh, yeah. You might as well do an escape room if you've got the time. You're up there. It's, yeah. Yeah, that was really, that was really cool. I really enjoyed them. It was my first time ever doing one, and... Yeah, it's pretty different. Yeah. yeah, we'll probably do do some down here at some point. Yeah, uh, mm. it just all depends on which ones you we guys have done. Do one on like each trip away we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be cool. yeah. yeah, it was really, really, really good fun actually. Yeah, so, mm. like we was, had a, we had a, Fraser with us who was <laughs> severely hungover because he went out the <laughs> night before. Yeah, which we yeah. we didn't do, but um, he he made for an interesting experience at the escape maze and the sensory yeah. maze. Yeah. Um, so the the next thing we did was a we did a sensory maze. Which was, um, it's kind of like a lots of really dark rooms that you go through, and they've got like different flashing lights and different textures, and yeah. you have like rooms with we, balloons and stuff. Me and, and Fraser locked you guys on the mirror bridge for a bit because you guys <laughs> yeah. weren't so yeah. at all. So there's this one room with like um, a bridge and kind of like a revolving light around it, but at the end is a door. So if you've got some cheeky teammates ahead of you, they just hold the door shut. But it looks like a mirror, so you can't tell if it's supposed. Yeah. To so the whole room yeah. was a, a yeah. mirror all the way around. So like. We were trying to open this panel, but it wouldn't because Nick on the other hand is going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was quality. Um, so yeah, yeah. so that we was, did that, and then then we had then we went for lunch. I think yeah, we went for lunch, and we went to uh, Sneaky Snacky, which yeah. is yeah. Yeah. So so for those of you who don't know, Nick's goal of the trip was to try as many different burger places as he could. So we ate two to three burgers every single day. Yep. For the duration of this trip. Yeah. So, four um, day weekend, and I think we did seven burgers, which was one less than I intended. Yeah. Yeah. So, and all these but burgers were from different places. Oh, so, whatever we could have. Yeah. So, yeah, well, you had time. You had planned out and like researched different burger places that yeah, we would I'd put it. Go put to. This is like my favorite thing. Like, uh, I, I like, if I go to a new city, I want to eat my most favorite food. My favorite food is burgers, and I want to mm-hmm. see what like their burgers are. So, you know, you go around to your best place to get. Get yeah. some tries. Um, there were definitely yeah. some really good burgers, and yeah, we'll really probably nice do ones. a proper burger review at some point. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll, there's, prob- there's probably going to be a burger <laughs> podcast episode. But anyway, the point. sneaky snacky burger. Uh, what was it, Daniel? Because you're you're a big fan. I actually like this. So the sneaky snack burger is calling it burger is pretty generous. It's a donut that's glazed and then has chicken in it. Or beef. Yeah, uh, you chicken or beef. So it's a burger with a donut as the buns. Yeah. With and, glaze poured over it. And glaze. So it's like incredibly sweet. You're given plastic gloves to wear to eat it. and it's um, so messy to eat. Because yeah. it's, yeah. it's so incredibly messy. And I ordered the most spicy option available. Because yeah. I was like, I'm going all out. This is yeah. a sensory burger. So I get it. And I start eating. I'm like, man, the ice cream in this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> Was there was the, no ice cream in it. There was no ice cream. It, <laughs> it was, was some so, like gherkin mayo. It was thing. mayo, but yeah. the, the burger was so sweet that I mistook it as ice cream. Yeah. And so me and Nick didn't even finish ours because it was just way yeah, too, like, it was too sweet to be edible. Yeah. yeah it was just, I think and, we got like four or five mouthfuls in each and we were just like, this is yeah. it. And, and fries my, were really good though. And, and mm. my burger, the, the, 
the spiciness of the spicy sauce and the sweetness just combined together it was amazing i finished mine and could have done another one <laughs> it was so good yeah so that was that was our saturday experience i think and yeah. then what did we do that night we i think we chilled. we had oh, a couple we, beers and sat on the deck i think yeah i we also we went and looked at the sky city uh casino we were yeah. there for probably an hour and a half or something oh probably less than an hour and a half yeah we had like two drinks uh yeah, yeah. And I, think had I, to drive played, I played at like one roulette table yeah i was the mum of the trip so i was driving the uh yeah, the people big, move big, around big and props yeah, to liam yeah. we literally couldn't get anywhere <laughs> without him yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah so we then we got home and did, made some last minute changes to people's decks i think we were set on our list so yeah i think we, we were pretty set pretty, i think pretty Steven, well i think i talked Stephen into playing razors and um agri viscerae yeah yep. and that ended up being really good for him so Yep. Yeah, so we'd, we'd already done all the testing. Because me and Nick had just been playing Ira Mirrors for months at that point. Oh, not Ira Mirrors. Ira Kano. Ira Kano, yeah. Um, so come Sunday was the, the a Blitz tournament. Mm. So This was the calling main event. 148 or 152, one it of the two. It was incredible. Lots and lots of people. Yeah. Mm. Um, very, very big. 157, I think it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we'll start with me because I did the I did the meme deck. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> so... Um, I decided to bring KO to the tournament, and which we thought was actually kind of a real deck at the time. Yeah, we thought it was okay, but we were also kind of aware that it was like B tier, mm. um, uh, and you know somewhat of a mean deck. So we were playing this hard control KO deck that was quite heavily inspired by Jason um, Chung, Jason Chung's list. So we're playing super heavy control um, to try and defeat um, basically warriors and. And, um, oh, actually, we didn't even think Warrior was a good deck at the time, because no, Nick had been yeah, playing true. Hard Control Ira, which just yeah, just screwed rolled kill, it, so you couldn't even play it. Yeah, although yeah. we went on the like the Red Overpower list, like Super Gotol stuff. Yeah, so Super Gotol Warrior ended up being really good in Blitz in the future, which I ended up playing. I think, I think the the Goliath Gauntlet and the Potion of Strength from the Ira side just made that match up too yeah. impossible yeah. yeah i think against a normal ira that wasn't playing and the more mid rangey ones with like would, no, it would do a bit better and you're yeah. on the sync blows and things like yeah. that yeah which is a lot harder to play versus when they can continually defensive yeah. you and not just flick flick yeah. yeah so in our testing we didn't find the warrior deck in time yeah and so i ended up on so you ended up on ko on ko which is a really hard control deck where you're using remembrances to get things back you can um kill your opponents with savage swing is it reckless swing reckless swing and pummels. And, and pummels and you're also looking for like one or two twelves over a game to just close it out mm-hmm. um the deck actually did really well against reiner and um gosh reiner and warrior yeah as well as a, a benji matchup that i played earlier so it did well against those decks but the deck has no legs against Wizard. Just automatically loses. Yeah, I think we played like round four or five or something. Yeah, and you just died yeah, on I turn two. Yeah, like turn three or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I lost um, three games to Wizard and then one game against an Ira and one game against a Rhino. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going 6-5. So Which is went, still went, not bad. Went but... positive on a mean deck. Yeah. So anyway, that was my tournament. We'll get onto yeah. the onto the better decks. <laughs> uh, so I played Ira. I was pretty set on the Ira list that I was playing I for a while. I think we've been I mean, on the list for like a month and a yeah, half or like something. Yeah, barely any cards changed. And like one or two changed here and there. I think the Potion of Strength got added in quite late. Yeah, the Potion of Strength got added quite late. I've been playing around with Goliath Gauntlet for ages just mm, because yeah. I liked Goliathing 
and uh, command on like second yeah. attack for nine yeah. because it forced a three card block when they yeah. most likely didn't have that three card block. Yeah, and we kind of noticed how um, how good Goliath Gauntlet was, and um, we're going to drop a bombshell right now. Potion of Strength is my favorite card in the game. <laughs> so I was like, hey, Nick, maybe you should try Potion of Strength on the deck because you can go Dachi Dachi Potion of Strength and then Command of Conquer for nine is pretty good, right? Mm. <laughs> so we ended up adding it on. And yeah, would so you like I, to talk about your experience with the best card in the game? Uh, so one of my matches up against a warrior, I, I, I got the Potion of Strength in pretty early and he was like, interesting choice. Didn't really like think much of it. And I was like... <laughs> the command is in my hand for next turn. <laughs> draws, draws the E strike as well, and then uh, two blues, and I basically it's just like, went. It's one of the most obnoxious games to ever play there. Yeah. So. This, this is the reason why Warrior was completely dead in our playgroup. <laughs> Let him attack me, and I was just like, "Man, we'll go to five. This is okay. Yeah. Like, we'll take we'll take ten damage. This doesn't mean this doesn't mean anything." <laughs> And he's like, oh, God, this is not good. Yeah. You go pitch Kanashi swing for one. East strike for eight. Snap dragons. And then I go Goliath gauntlet, potion of strength, pitch, command and conquer for 11. And about <laughs> ten, three. I think. Yeah, 10. Yeah, 10. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's only 11 if it's on the ball. Yeah. And then about three people down, I hear someone go, command and conquer for 10. What the? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a little nasty. It's very hard to block against. Um, I think the only way you get around it is, is if you have a full armor fridge and a full hand. Yeah. But he'd already thrown down a few cards on the East Strike for eight. Yeah, because yeah, that's pretty strong. Yeah. yeah, you don't expect the CNC for ten. Yeah. So yeah, which uh, hurt him quite a bit. Um, aside from that, most of my matchups went pretty similar. Um, there were a couple I remember watching, which was um your. Game versus um, Jared. Yeah, so I had a very, very, very close game against Jared, and I probably shouldn't have won there. And it was, I think, bad draws on his behalf and letting me keep. There was one missequence turn from which that you keep a card. Yeah, I got to keep. That you I got to keep back in Yeah, I got to keep yeah. a blue and mm. a command, mm-hmm. and I still had Goliath Gauntlet at that point, which basically gave I, me. The yeah, game. I think it was you, know, you keep one card by missequencing one attack. Yeah, and then it was a you got two cards because he was on one with yeah. two Kadachis, and then turn after that you get to yeah. keep two cards, which was the blue and command. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it managed. Mm. Uh, he just couldn't block enough, even with an out of war in hand and yeah. like resourcing out and getting that he couldn't block against the yeah. command. Mm. Yeah. No, no shade for making any mistakes because, gosh, this yeah. event ran until one in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a long uh, day. I think it was another match. Well, this is a super punishing format for mistakes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, one I, mistake costs you the game. I think yeah. a third round versus the Kano, and I just red bricked two hands in a row against Nicolding, right? and yeah. I just I just lost. And in our testing, that was how you lost the match, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you draw red hands. Lose. You draw one, and it's hard. You draw two, and you lose the game. Yeah. And then I think uh, I played against another wizard. This was going on a little bit later on, and I believe you came and grabbed me at the end of this because you were like, "We're going away for get some food." But this guy wanted to watch the. He wanted a repeat of this matchup because we we're going crazy. Like yeah. I basically, I drawn a hand, oh, a full blue hand, and and one e strike, and I gone, "Ah, we throw away the blues. We'll just keep the e strike." And then next hand, I drawed the e strike and two cards, and it was my turn to attack, and I just mm-hmm. go. East Strap for seven, Snapdragons. East Strap for eight. <laughs> yeah, and that's miserable to play this from the Kano yeah. side. Like, yeah. yeah. Turn two, he's yeah. got no damage in on me. I'm still at 20 health, mm. and I've just given up my whole hand and flicked 
like yeah. 15 damage at him. And the other matchup I remember watching for you was your last round, actually. Yeah, so yeah. last round I versus uh, Jordan Jordan Fussell. Fussell, yeah. yeah. Jordan, who came second, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. ended up second, coming third? second. Yeah. 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 I believe it was second. Right? Second. No, 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 no. He no, came was, third yeah. because it was... He beat Matt Rogers and then lost in the... Yeah. Um, winners yeah. bracket final. So, yeah, mad props. So this uh, semi final. Yeah, this was a matchup where I couldn't make it into the top eight. I couldn't make it into top eight, and yeah. Jordan was on the cusp of staying in the top eight or being ninth. Um, at the start of the matchup, we got a, like a five minute timer because the a few of the judges wanted to go for our decks to make sure our decks were accurate. Yeah. They were they were accurate. There was no yep. there was no foul play there or anything. So like, yeah. Just but anyway, check, uh, yeah. so. Most people matchups have already been having five minutes, so the people beside us games were probably pretty close to ending. It was pretty well ended, and um, and this is with the concession changes, so you can even concede to yeah, lead them in if you see. wanted to. Yeah, yeah, even if I wanted to, uh, there was still like a judge or two hanging around us watching us as well for that matchup. Um, yeah, so I ended up having to just play the best I could, and I ended up uh, just putting a lot of pressure on Jordan, and I got an E Strike command turn, which mm. just turned the game to been basically unwinnable for him at that point yeah yeah so we're sitting there and we think you have dream crushed um, yeah basically jordan. thought i dream cast jordan someone who i got along with very well mm. i had sold cards to him plenty before i had brought cards mm. from him i was pretty well friendly with him he's yeah. commentated on a lot of us straight and through the ego so. community and everything yeah. yeah yeah but yeah so i felt pretty bad and uh, but there was uh, there was nothing i could do like i i couldn't hide my foul play I couldn't just throw the game because I was being watched so, and it would so get noticed. So if you're, if you're unaware, the um, the way concessions work had changed specifically just before this tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So if you conceded um, any game in this tournament without special reason to, like you break a league or something, then that's considered dropping from the tournament. And I think this is a so, specific situation the rules were changed for. Was um Yeah, so people can't concede other players into the top eight as it's looked at as you preventing another player from having the opportunity to get in yeah. who yeah. didn't get a f- free win in quotation marks yeah yeah but it makes it it feels very rough being the player who has to, has to knock someone out of yeah. the top eight when previously you could concede to let them in when you don't have a chance yeah yeah so yeah because yeah, if you get paired up and you don't have any hope of getting to the top eight bracket and the person you're playing does yeah or say you're two testing partners and one of you is guaranteed for top eight uh, one isn't and the other one might have a shot it does make those situations quite difficult to play yeah. emotionally yeah so yeah. yeah a lot of the new zealand community is pretty tight well knitted as well so yeah. i mean mm. yeah it's just but mm. anyway he uh top eight got announced and he got called top eight and it was just made it an eight, he, yeah. he came in eight yeah so, so yeah. actually speaking of that yeah so i lost he's a very uh, happy chappy yeah <laughs> i ended up playing um kano in that tournament yeah and i think i've been making I think we set on a list for quite a while. Yeah. I ended on much lo- lost round one, didn't you? Lost round one to Callum Gittins, who top eighted. Yeah. So he was um Is he, Ira he had he was playing Ira and he had a lot of Kano experience because he was testing with um Rohan Kana, who mm. was on who was who'd been crushing armories in Auckland for months at that time. He had won like fifty two he went fifty two and 0 for a bit or something similar in armories. Maybe not quite that ridiculous, but So you're yeah. talking to Rohan like quite a lot. In the lead up, weren't you? Um, not really, but just mainly through the Flesh and Blood Discord, we yep. had a few comments exchanged. So I get up there, and I lose to a testing partner round one, and he's like, oh yeah, I actually have just match up versus a much better wizard player than me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, fair enough then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was a rough way to start the day, and then I ended up going 
winning the next five rounds or something. Yeah. Um, to stay in it, and then I played versus Dan McKay and a Kano Mara. and my deck was on a lot less blues than most wizards because I've been playing versus Ira, and you need more action cards, or especially versus slow Ira, which Nick was on. Yeah. You need more reds to actually push that damage. Mm-hmm. So I lost the wizard mirror, probably due to inexperience on my part, with only one real other yeah, wizard player down here. We didn't really have many wizard players down here. It was really it didn't mean it was very very heavy ira based, mm. which yeah I also found quite frustrating to play. Yeah. And yeah, so I lost that, and then second last round of the day I play versus Rohan, and this was we're both. At the time, what would have been? It would have been. Oh, you'd have been. You'd have been six eight and two at two. the time, right? Or you, you eight and two, weren't you? Uh, it was so. It was eleven rounds, wasn't it? Yeah, eleven rounds. So, so it was second last round. Second last round. Oh, so, so you'd have been seven oh, and two. Yeah, seven two. Yeah, seven two. Yeah. So this was pl- pretty much playing for top eight. Yeah. Um, whoever won this was likely to qualify. And as I found out later, he was on a twenty blue list, which is insane in the wizard mirror. Yeah, you need because really you need a blue around. to block on your turn, and you need a blue to patch on your t- bl- to blue to block on their turn, and then blue to attack with. Mm-hmm. And the more blues you're playing, the more likely it is. So when I was on seventeen and he was on twenty, it makes it very hard. Yeah. Um, and he, well, yeah, he cleaned me up. He had much more experience, and I ended up going for a stir fort because I felt like I was so far behind, and he just had the kill. So yeah. that was that. After, yeah, fair play. Yeah. After having played the Wizard Mirror for a little bit, I really recommend anyone to just put two wizard decks together they don't even have to be very good and then just play against someone with mm-hmm. you know each playing a wizard deck because it's, it's a totally, very different to flesh and it's blood a, it's a totally different way of playing flesh and blood mm-hmm. and i think that you only really get it after playing it for yourself so i really highly recommend that you you give that a go because it's yeah. quite interesting yeah. Yeah. and then last round i played versus kiko Bad, which is sounding very similar to my net story actually same players but yeah. yeah, last round I played versus Kiki, who was on Ira, and we're both at seven and three, so we're not looking alive for top eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was stoked for Rohan because um, I talked to him before, lovely dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was going to make it if he won this round. But yeah, I played versus Kiki, and it was like the highest roll game I'd had all day. Again, won mm-hmm. a game that is probably unfavoured for me. Yeah. Um, versus the same player, and uh, yeah, so. That was yeah. quite a nice way for me to finish the day. Props to Kiki, though. He's always, you know, always, always an absolute top player. Yeah, absolutely. Always, always lovely to play against. Yeah. Great person. And then yeah. Sh- out. Shout out to Kiki. <laughs> what an absolute champ. Yeah, and then after playing this win and in second last round versus Rohan, well, what we thought was a win and in, and then top eight gets announced, and they wait, they announce seven, and then go from 16 back, and Rohan gets announced as ninth. And I was just gutted for him. It was like... Yeah. It's just someone's got to get it, yeah. and someone's not going to get it. It has to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. right. But and then, yeah, yeah, Jordan got announced for eighth, and yeah. I think that was one of the the most emotional kind of scene that I've seen, and one of the most emotional scenes that I've seen in the Flesh and Blood tournament scene. Mm-hmm. He was, yeah, overjoyed that he made it. Yeah, yeah. So, big, yeah. Big, another big shout out to Jordan. Me, so yeah, me and Liam so ended man, up eight and three, right? Yeah, I ended up twelfth place, and I think you were seventeenth. Yeah, uh, 16th, 15th, one of those. Yeah, uh, sounds about right. Yeah, about, some, about that, yeah. You we were pretty close to you. And, yeah. yeah, I think it was... I was the third highest-placing Wizard player. Yeah. 
I was 30-something. Maybe four. <laughs> I was probably the 15th highest-placing Tyra player. There was yeah, two. Yeah, there was so yeah. many. Tyra was an extremely dominant deck in this, um, yeah. in the tournament. Yeah. So. Largely due to Drone Vitality and Flick Flick. It's just... I mean, props to players playing in top eight who end up playing for something like six more hours after Swiss had ended. Yeah, so we started at 9am and it didn't fin- the final round didn't finish until 1am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Jacob Pearson played took from, it out. Yeah, took it out. Played from 9am yeah. till 1am the next day. It, those double, double elimination top eights take a long time. Yeah. 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 And massive, massive props to him because he had worked really hard to help organise this event um, working together with Card Merchant and uh, he had played so well the entire evening and you could you could just tell at the end how much winning had been to him. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. It was an amazing experience to be part of and I'm yeah. very yeah. glad to be a good friend of his. Yeah. Mm. Definitely... definitely you know, a really great evening for, for yeah. flesh and blood competitive play. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was our calling experience. It was pretty good. Uh, I think we we all went back to Dunedin around lunchtime on Monday. Yeah, the next day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty chill. Uh, yeah. Had to get up too early after staying up to watch this final at one thirty a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Took a little bit of a break from Fab after that. My brains have been fried. <laughs> yeah, I think I came back and played some more blitz i think i Wednesday. played a couple of blitz as well but then i just i just realized i played some silly idiots i, I played too much iowa and yeah. i needed to take a break mm-hmm. yeah after we've been try harding practicing versus all our locals yeah yeah and then yeah. just play something it's the thing is it's, it's always good especially to, in blitz it's pretty yeah i was very keen to to get off blitz because to be honest i did not really enjoy the format very much mm. so um I'm really happy now that Monarch is out and we get to experiment, try new things, and have more interactive games. Yeah. So, def- hopefully, a lot of constructed events for Monarch. Yeah, I hope super so. Super down for that. I think this constructed format, um, moving on, I guess. Super open. Is, it's super open. Who knows what's going to happen? We have a really big event down here in Dunedin this weekend. Mm. So yeah, so this Saturday we have a Crucible winner case here yeah. in Dunedin. Yeah, so we've got some really proudly, good players. Still time to travel, guys. Yeah. and prize supported by, by Dice, Dice Jar, Jar Games, where we happen to be filming right now. Yeah, so, so, so really, really exciting. Some and awesome. if you're considering attending or not, the prize pool only goes up with more players. So yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. show up. I believe at Crucible the moment win, we have case. 22, and I believe there's three of us here that haven't. Haven't registered, haven't so, registered, yeah. so we're 25 players. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good number just of got Greg people coming across Greg, the yeah, table. Greg, he yeah. just realised that that I haven't pre-registered as well, and he's like, oh, yeah, so there's, um, if you do pre-register, there is a $5 discount for doing so. Yeah. The main entry Look, I just want to support the store and give an extra $5, man. <laughs> Without actually just giving an extra $5. Come on, yeah. Greg, see our point of view. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what I'm going to play in that, to be yeah, honest. So I'm looking at making a a levia list yep. we've got a constructed event tomorrow armory on wednesday i think so there'll be a a testing a ground, testing ground. <laughs> a one yeah. test for the week i know yeah. we're, we're woefully underprepared as yeah. we've only just got stock in last weekend yeah so we, uh, we have matt rogers in the building for that yeah. as well so. yeah we've heard some rumors down the down through the grapevine that he's either going to be playing chain or prism mm. so we're kind of thinking what's good against chain what's good against prism and, and yeah. what are we thinking that's good against those? I'm thinking Levia, to be honest. Yeah. Because Levia has all those cards that block Prism really well. 
you know you're a good player when like you're if people's entire decision making process is surrounded by what are you playing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah shout out to Matt Rogers we hear him play we're like oh shit <laughs> yeah we'll react to that um <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you Greg um, no we think Chain's a good deck in general it's yeah. super aggressive yeah Chain, reasonably easy to play which matters a lot yeah, and kind of easy to put together as well mm. um so we're thinking maybe the uh, or I'm thinking maybe the best things to play are either um, a Levia deck that's kind of built to beat both Chain and Prism, or a slightly different Chain deck that's better in the mirror. And I think a Chain's deck is going to be naturally good against Prism. Yeah. So those are my kind of thoughts. But mm. uh, honestly, it, it could go anyway. Are you just going to stay on Mech, Nick? Uh, I mean... Not giving anything away, but Nick's only ever played Mech in his life, I think. Oh, it's the only deck I know. <laughs> I have never played Ira. I've never played... No. <laughs> yeah. uh, so... Nick, do you know how to play Flesh and Blood? I just load load. It's counting, right? Oh, one resource on the induction, one resource. You just on see the two pistol. blues and go. Yeah. Oh, I can load three times. Yeah, basically. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. And then I can't blame you. I just think blue seismic blue hammer. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah, no, I, I don't have all the cards I need. I think for this yet, and I, I'm not comfortable enough. To just make up a list of a new hero with yeah. zero testing and it, just play it. It does yeah. feel a bit like flying blind, eh? Yeah, just picking just, one of these new heroes. Yeah, I'm considering staying on Rhino. So I think I'm just gonna... I either am playing Warrior or I'm playing Mech, and I'm most likely playing Mech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just because I'm comfortable playing... I'm comfortable playing either of them, and I know I can reinforce the the dash matchup. The only problem is is I fear the uh, Kane matchup a lot. Like, on yeah. dash. Yeah. From the mm. dash side, yeah. I think I think Warrior has a pretty good uh, chain matchup, like yeah. forcing cards out of hand versus decks that don't block too efficiently. Carrying Husk being the obvious problem there. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that, like that's only going to be like, a it's one only once, problem, right? Yeah. So I feel they like have to time that very well. Chain right? is going to struggle against decks that can really like push the issue, push the game forward from two, turn two onwards, or make him use hands inefficiently. Yeah. So like Rhino's barraging beatdown might be quite often. You have to take the seven. Because you don't want true, to, true. you don't yeah. want to block away your blues that you're left with or something yeah. similar. Yeah. Like, just to be clear for everyone here, I'm well aware I'm saying Kane incorrect and it's Chain. <laughs> I'm just adamant. I'm just, I just don't care. Yeah. And uh, it's Kane. We've, for we've me given now. up on Nick's pronunciation mm. of names, so yeah, uh, you guys so will so have to deal with it. I've been on for a while now and constructed his um combo Rhino, yeah, which yeah. is Claws, Blood Rush Bellows. And you only swapped a club for a Ninja because it's super hard. Yeah. Um, and you just set up for those big 20 damage Blood Rush Bellows turns twice a game. Yeah. And that's made popular by yeah. Jason Long at Nationals yeah. and Dan McKay played, who's his, who's Jason's testing partner, mm-hmm. um, in the Red Riot Games tournament and took down Matt Rogers in the finals. Yeah. But the list is super powerful. So it does very yeah. powerful things, yeah. The key cards in that deck are um, Blood Rush Bellows, which give your runner attacks plus two, and um, go again and also in- intimidates a card when you use it. Yeah. Um, Art of War, which just lets you go super wide, lets you dig really yeah. hard. And, um, and I reckon it's one of the best Art of War decks in the game. Yeah. Art of War has really, um, you know, name of the that podcast, was the has just proven itself to be so much more than we thought it was when it, the card first came out. It card just really does do everything. So. That was the big enabler for Claws. Because our testing yeah. for Nationals, we have testing Claws for a while. Yeah. And we ended on Club because we figured that it was pretty much the same card. Um, mm. The same thing but more consistent but yeah. turns out when you add an extra energy potion and art of war 
to give all your yeah. big stuff go again and start playing around your sand sketch planes more yeah the deck is just quite wild yeah really it can really go off 20 damage turns um and it really does solve the bravo matchup for the deck as well yeah which makes it a lot easier energy. yeah so yeah we were pretty close <laughs> to it but yeah we just needed one card apparently. just didn't, didn't quite work out the art of war we, we had it kind of pegged in the in the ninja box didn't quite realize how strong it was and yeah outside of ninja as well how much of an enabler it actually yeah. is for the go again specifically yeah and now these monarch classes coming out i'm thinking gosh i'm gonna need to buy some more because it, it seems good in bolton seems great in levia amazing in chain yeah so um levia giving yeah. your next thing go again draw two turning off blood dead yeah is just phenomenal like you can't ask for more on a card yeah it does um, so much for shadow heroes yeah like, yeah in saying that, do you think there'll be much of us, uh, other Dunedin players, picking up any of the new classes for this event? Yeah, I think probably too many. I think, yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think there'll be a bit too many people trying Prism out and trying... There'll be a few Boltons, I think, but... Personally, I'm not as interested in the class. Yeah. Good good, good friend of the of the podcast, Callum, was thinking about picking up either... Callum Forrester. <laughs> <laughs> Callum Rogers. Um, Nick. Um, no, he's of... not as good as Matt, so I can't call him Rogers yet. <laughs> Mm. he's got a long way to go oh yeah off it man <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah he's thinking of picking up Bolton he's um, he's been crushing uh, it and limited with him actually yeah yeah he's been doing really well so in fairness in that draft in that pod not a single one of us picked the Bolton card and he got free range on them all well that right? was just big brain by him right yeah it's just yeah. good drafting yeah I ended up with a decent Levy deck and it still sucked I ended up with a decent Decent, uh, chainless, and still sucked. Mm. The second draft I did, I played Bolton. I only got one time skippers as my equipment and still won. And then super high rolled me. It was very frustrating. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. And we so played the Bolton. Liam right? was the other Bolton at the table, and he had full equipment. And I was, God, how the hell am I going to beat him? Turns out my deck. Um, I drew two red hands in a row, and Daniel drew about 15 damage turns twice in a row yeah yeah so and that's the good quality enough. of my cards that ended up on my hand just ended up being better and mm. was able to kill him through gallantry gold so yeah yeah um gallantry gold is such a nuts equipment and it's by far the best common yeah so as playing um chain against calum on bolton the previous night and he had gallantry gold in play and i just stripped into one card and I say to him as he passes the turn, if you have a blue, I'm in trouble, even off your one-card hand, because you can put to that blue, break gallantry, cold, and come in for three and then four. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just... It's very frustrating to play this in a limited environment. Yeah. When one blue can turn into a two or three-card strip. Yeah. And also have a one equipment block on it. It feels very hard to play this. Yeah. Especially when no other card has... No other class really has a comparable equipment. Yeah. So, like. yeah, lim- limited tips. If you see a Gallantry Golden Drop, take it and start playing Warrior. Yeah. So, that card is just so powerful. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? I think we've covered... Just looking forward to Monarch. Constructed, I think. Just looking forward to Monarch, yep. yeah. I believe we have a discount code of some sort for Fab Singles to uh, um, throw at you guys. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So the the discount code is is it lowercase? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So capitals yeah. lowercase doesn't matter. It's T Just make it up as zero five. Yeah, yeah, it's up on the screen. On the, uh, so it'll be yeah. up on the screen We've around got us. Lots somewhere. of monarch come. Um, lots of monarch singles coming to the, the dice jar website. So yeah. make sure to check them out for all your legendaries or your majestics. Got four majestics. 
Awesome. Limit of all, one different legendary per person, so and that way no one can buy them all up. Yep. Like that. Yep. So they should be available and for a good while. And a limit of three per each unique Majestic. Yeah. So you can three Majestics. Yeah. Cool. So you can only get your play sets, you can't hoard them. Yeah. yeah. It's for the yeah. players. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Make sure to check out Dice Shard Games singles website, upcoming skirmish events, and. Yeah, and yeah. we hope to see you down in Dean sometime. Yeah. Be great to play with some new Looking forward to this weekend. This Saturday. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, lastly, bit short notice, lastly maybe, but, just a, a massive yeah. shout out to Liam for coming out onto the podcast as our first guest. Thank you, Liam. So, it's, it's not easy to put your trust into a, a new podcast. Especially when you can't even have a working camera for me the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, but it's, it's been great to it's right, we'll great come on. Producer and, yeah, new you're showing right. us up, Liam. It's been great to come on and tell all the stories about, you know, Nick getting too drunk at events and yeah, yeah Daniel getting lost in Auckland. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit gutted uh, we're not going to the call-in this time mm. for a, another repeat yeah. of getting drunk again. Yeah. But <laughs> unfortunately, a bit yeah. too short notice for us. Yeah, definitely. Very and busy time for me, going into a house. Exams. With uni and, and exams. Yeah. yeah. I've so, got yeah. my uh, trade exam at the end of the month, so. Yeah. Definitely been looking forward to Road to National season, though. Absolutely. So, yeah. Super That's excited for that. Yeah, hopefully there's a couple of double hitters, whether it be in Auckland or Wellington, because yeah. we'll definitely go for those. Yep. And we'll probably drive up for a Nelson one and a Christchurch one if there is. Yep. Cool. Thanks yeah. for joining us on The Art of War. See you next week. Yep. Yeah.